Welcome back to the Rabasha Family Podcast. I have a special guest for you guys. You want to introduce yourself? Oh, hi guys. My name is Wamboy. Mm-hmm. Wamboy. Um, I'm Eve's auntie. So, Eve's mom, Rose, and I have had a very long friendship. So, we've known each other for close to 20 years. Um, and I basically saw Eve grow up. So, yeah. Eve is really family to me and I'm really... Happy to be here today, Eve. Yes, let's go. So, yeah, as, as you guys have heard, I, well, I, I, call, I call you Auntie Lois, for, for those of you guys who know. So I call you Auntie Lois. And like we say, it takes a village to raise a child. And you have been around my life since I was very young. By the way, Auntie, by the way, you've been look, you look even younger since I was about, what, hey. 10 years? No, honestly, I'm, <laughs> what's the secret? What's the secret? Thanks, Eve. No, oh my no. gosh, that's lovely of you to say. Um, what's the secret? Yeah. Um, I would say eat clean, exercise, mm. and reduce toxins in your body and your space as much as possible. Wow. Yeah, so that's what I aspire to do, and that's what I hope I'm doing. Wow. But you can always do that better. Yeah. Okay, so guys, look, the reason why I got Auntie Lois here today is because... Look, I've known you my whole life as Auntie Lois. I, I like, I've, yeah, I've known you as my auntie. So now, like, this is my chance and for the world to get to know who is Auntie Lois, who the, you know, who you are. And I think it's so important because we see, I see my auntie, uncle, my parents, but I never see them for who they are as much. And I think through your experiences, your life, everything you've gone through, it's gonna add value to so many people out there. So let's start from the beginning let's let's you know like tell us everything from the start like just yeah so from the start yeah. from kenya so yeah from kenya <laughs> where, where you're from your background okay mm. so i am from kenya mm-hmm. um born and raised in nairobi um my family so my parents are from part of uh the part of kenya that is called central province province uh-huh. it's actually not central province anymore because um i think they have a different way of subdividing the country so i'm really not sure what it is now i think i'm mount kenya okay. um so i grew up in nairobi i've got three brothers uh-huh. and i'm number two of, of middle child. the four yes i'm oh. a middle child uh-huh. and an only girl too so i've got three brothers wow um my and, sorry to cut you off sorry your yep. tribe what tribe your parents i'm from? from the kikuyu tribe kikuyu. so that's mount kenya mount. yeah mm. um so my parents raised up raised raised us in a very typical way that kenyans bring up children in kenya so super strict like a child was to be seen and not heard um you were to do what you were told you were not to question or challenge your parents etc um, I went to boarding school, so that's from primary school through to high school, which is very normal. Uh, actually, the primary school may be not so normal, but secondary school is typical of a Kenyan child. We go to boarding schools. Um, and then after high school, I came to Australia. So, so how was it being the only girl um, out of all your brothers? I th- good and bad at the same time. Good in that... I kind of got special treatment, I think. I'm not even sure, actually. But um, the bad side of it was I was the only girl, and when there was any gender roles to be fulfilled, I would be called upon to do it. Wow. However, my mother was very 
um, feminist, should I say, and she would always go, oh, no, 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 but why does one boy have to do it? Anyone can do it. So she would subdivide chores in the home, like, equally amongst everyone, and it wasn't just... Um, you know, one boy go wash the dishes or whatever because it's a girl thing so to do. However, always, mm-hmm. however, when we had guests or, you know, anyone else that did not belong in our household, they would just expect me to do it. They, they might just go, oh, one boy, can I have chai? Or, you know, they would not say, hey, Jeff, Alex, Samke, get me chai. No, that was always me who was called up, call up all to do those things. Mm-hmm. So that's the disadvantage of being the only girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. And then you, you said it was very, like you said, a typical Kenyan home. Did you ever feel restricted in terms of expressing yourself? Like how you felt like, you know, growing up? Yes. You did? Um, yep, 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 for sure. Um, there's things that you could not even tr- try and like push in my household. Like it was just like a clear unspoken rule that you don't question your parents. Um, but I think it's my personality because I remember even before I came to Australia, I remember really questioning my father on things I didn't agree with him on or my mom, Mm. but mostly my dad. Mm. I feel like my dad was very um, typical home, the king of the castle, like he defined the rules and stuff like that. And so he would, you know, just say this has to be done and everyone in the home would do it. But one boy, the only girl, would challenge him. And yeah, so I challenged him a lot. So you, and from what age did you start to do that? Um, I think from when I was a teenager, wow. I think about 16, 17. Um, I just remember being scared to challenge, but I still did. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the fear was always there. Like, oh my God, do I do it? But actually to this day, um, when there's something difficult that needs to be spoken about in my family, mm-hmm. my brothers who yeah. are, you know, very well defined and powerful in their own space mm. will go, I one boy, Ebu, you you go and you know, like you bring it up. Like <laughs> they always come behind me. They're like, no, no, one boy, you can do it, you do it, and then we'll support you. Yeah, they come behind you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. So you and this I like how you said it, like sometimes you would have that fear, but you were courageous. So you what would you be like, no, why do I have to do it? Or you you were very like Oh, I I took it on. Yeah. Yeah, I did it. Wow. Okay, so then you go to... So you went to a high school, boarding school. Mm-hmm. What was that experience like? Um, if you asked me what it was like when I was there, I would, mm-hmm. have said, I would have said it was horrible. But with benefit of hindsight now, I look back and think, oh my God, what a beautiful, wholesome way mm-hmm. to bring up a child. Okay. Um, because we were expected to do everything. Like anything that needed to be done in your life like as a you know as a kid growing up like so our dormitories were like your home mm-hmm. so whatever you needed to do to maintain the home you had to do we had chores we had um we used to call them role duties we used to call them duties so we were assigned duties and you had to do your duty so um we had different duties that would um rotate mm-hmm. in the house and yeah you had to do it so it was very a very good way mm-hmm. to teach responsibility. Um, and I find, I actually see a really big gap with us guys who grew up in boarding schools and say, um, people that I've met here in Australia who've grown up at home with mom doing everything, I actually don't understand how 
households here do not even have house helps, mm -hmm. but they don't know how to do stuff. They're not independent in like, they kind of do, but not to the level that us guys were taught. Um, so my standards of, you know, cleanliness in the home are very high and causes a lot of, you know, um, disappointments with say Paris or, you know, my household on how they do certain things because I expect it to be done like at a, high at a really high standard. And um, yeah, so I judge people on that high standard, which I guess is not the best. I mean, it's yeah. my standard, not everyone's standard. But yeah, it comes from growing up in high school. So from, in hindsight, I think it was really awesome. But when I was there, I was like, oh my God, what a punish. I hate being at school. I want to go home. Like I miss home. I miss my family. Mm and stuff but yeah the good thing was that everyone went to boarding school so everyone was doing it so yeah mm. so it was there any things you know as you're growing up subconsciously that you learned from your mother that you even took into you to boarding school obviously we're going to talk about you coming to australia but was there anything subconsciously that you would see from your mom that you would do um yeah yes i think my mom is such a hustler Okay. Like, don't ever say no to my mom because she'll prove there's not a no. Like, she does everything and anything she puts her mind to. So I think that drive I get from my mother, yeah. um, as well as my dad, yeah. but my mother is just, I think because she had that barrier being a woman mm -hmm. that there's only so far you can go. Mm -hmm. She just had to put so much more effort and... I definitely see that drive in me. So yeah, I got that from my mom and I practiced that through school and really through, throughout my life. Yeah. Wait, where, so what did your parents do for work? Back when um, you they were just entrepreneurs. They've always, my parents have done everything and anything yeah. on the book. Yeah. Um, name anything, they've done it. So from running a restaurant to owning bars to owning a fish and chips shop to owning, uh, uh, you know, those bibandas that sell food, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. those ones, chapos, those, really? they've done that, yep, they've developed um, property, they've been farmers, they've exported fruit to Europe, Wow. Uh, oh my God, like seriously, everything and anything they've done, like when the ch people started going to Dubai to like bring stuff back to Kenya to sell, they got into that and then it became China and they sold electric, like seriously, they've done everything and anything. Wow. Yeah, they've hustled, but they began as teachers. As teachers. Yeah, so they both were teachers, they met at a teacher's college um, and then they just grew from there. Yeah. yeah. Was there anything like you would see, and, and it kind of makes sense, you going to boarding school, obviously they're working, people mm. are busy. Was there anything that you saw within their relationship, maybe good or bad, mm -hmm. that also like subconsciously that you would take in, like just them in the house, stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, good. Everyone participated in the household in terms of income mm. or running the home. Wow. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's a few bad things that yeah. I don't want to take on. And I think I wouldn't really point it only to my parents. I think it's a Kenyan thing where um, 
there's a hierarchy of um, importance, or maybe not importance of, uh, what do I call, like, oh God, I don't know, like, oh my God, what do I say? How do I define it? Like, it's not equals per se. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's one person who's definitely the boss. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, but so like, that's the thing. Obviously we have masculine, feminine. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you think where maybe it gets bad where let's say the masculine is everything is my way or the highway? Is yeah. That, I think when you, yeah. it becomes bad when it's toxic masculinity. Okay. And I think there's a lot of that in, in Kenya. Kenya. Okay. Um, yeah. So I think there's a lot of that in Kenya and it kind of works. I think it only works actually because, um, women are not empowered enough to stand up to that um yeah so i think that's what it works not mm. because it's a good system yeah yeah has to be that balance yeah the balance yeah okay so you finish what age do you finish high school boarding school what year yeah what no what how old how old are you when you finished? i was 18, 18 when i finished okay. yeah so you're done with boarding school so yeah. what like what were you thinking of your move next after that? so finished high school no plans um applied for uni um and i thought i was gonna go to uni in kenya and then somehow i i don't even know how but i applied to go to uni in the u.s and then that fell through and then i found myself in australia as a plan b or maybe even a not a plan something that just happened so i was i applied to go to the us and in kenya you have to like go and apply for a visa mm-hmm. and i went and applied for my visa but i was denied the visa so it was supposed to be myself and my cousin going to the us and we were supposed to do this whole like, uni experience together in college mm-hmm. yeah and then i didn't get my visa but then my cousin did and we went to her house on the day that I was denied a visa. So that same night, we went to her house for dinner to farewell her because she was flying to the US that night, that same night. And um, while we were there, my uncle asked how I went with my visa and I was like, oh, I didn't get it. I was, yeah, denied. And I was like, oh, have you guys thought of Australia? And I was like, Australia? No, I don't want to go to Australia. Why not? Like what? Um, I don't know. It just had never occurred to me that Australia was an option. Mm-hmm. And number two, I just always thought Australia was so far and the only thing I thought of when my uncle said have you thought of Australia is mm. Crocodile Dundee <laughs> so I was like I I don't think I want to go and live in Crocodile Dundee uh, world mm, yeah. so I was like I know and then my dad jumped on it he's like ah what do you mean? Kwani, is there an option for Australia? And he's like, yeah, yeah, go next door. Our neighbor is like an agent for an Australian university. Just uh. go have a chat with them. Like, so we finished dinner, like literally knocked next door and had a chat with the agent for Australia. And the agent happened to be Venus's dad. You know Venus and Kemi? Oh, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. their dad. The dad. Yes, yes, wow. their dad, yeah. So we went, had a chat with him. And he's like, okay, no problem. Yeah, we can do da 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 in a month if I was in Australia. In Australia. <laughs> wow. And you're at the age of 18 years old. Yeah. No, oh. I was, how old was I? Was I just about to turn 19? 19. Yeah. And okay, so you're about to turn 19. Those teenage years, you know, turning 19, 
how was that experience as a you know because you're a girl growing up you know you're becoming a woman mm-hmm. how was that experience like did you have outlets people to talk to you did you start dating did you have a boyfriend Here in Australia? no when just before you had moved to australia so that critical age of 18 9 you know yeah just before you moved yeah. to australia no no none of that i was a very slow developer um actually in high school some of my friends had fr- had boyfriends and i felt really excluded because they'd go oh my god we can't talk about that because lois is here you know like they used to see me really? as like a little like girl mm-hmm. like who wasn't developed and stuff so they'd like whisper and talk all these stories without telling me and i felt so excluded but yeah so that's the answer no i didn't have a boyfriend and i didn't date and i did yeah. did none of that before i left Kenya. What was your mindset at that point where you just focused on school? Was it curious to you? Like, what, you know, you're hearing these girls say stuff like that. Like, how was your kind of, did you have someone to talk to about it? Or were you just like, all right, I'm in school? And Yeah, I'm um, curious and maybe interested, but mm. those doors were closed. There was nowhere I could meet any boys. I went to an all-girls school. Mm. So um, we lived in an estate where those, you knew everyone that lived there. Um, and like it was like family friends and we didn't have very many boys mm. in the S- I don't know like actually I don't know the boys were just not accessible to me yeah, yeah. yeah. so it was just school school <laughs> yeah. and your brothers they also went to boys boarding school yes okay so we finished school and then my parents I said were entrepreneurs and they would every day we would wake up get woken up very early and go to whatever shop it was that was happening you know, um, ah. go be there all day selling, like just being in that. You make sure you watch what's happening. When I come, I want to, you know, you're gonna report ah. to me. So yeah, we didn't have time to like. We didn't have any idle time, should yeah. I say? Yeah. yeah. Wow. We were so. really occupied. Like holidays, we were going to the business to like, you know, work or do stuff. Yeah. Wow. So mm. it was always there was no chilling at home. Da, da, da. It was school holidays. Nope. Come, you're in the shop working at the shop working or you know if it's that off day and you're at home no tv during the day Mm. um and we were expected to like be productive so like you know my dad would wake us up in the morning before he left like knock on your door he's like why are you still sleeping you know when i come home i want to see we had dogs in a big compound he's like i don't want to find any dog poo on the compound and i want you to like you know um make sure the fence is good or slash the grass or like we're giving chores Uh like there's no just chilling there's no chilling in my household yeah wow you can see it's it's interesting to hear like your parents like it's i think those are the fundamentals you know seeing the work it takes seeing like no you're not just gonna like this life isn't easy what happens if maybe we go today or something Mm -hmm. how are you able gonna have responsibilities okay so you're going to australia now what's that like You're, you're heading over Okay, so, um, oh my God, yeah. So I got my visa, I'm coming to Australia, all excited, all excited, but kind of scared. And then the day comes and it really hits me. And oh my God, I cried. I didn't want to go. I was super scared, but I had to go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So boarded, came to Australia and Venus, Venus met me at uni and she showed me around. She was really, really good. Um, and then I met a lot of Kenyans uh, at Wollongong Uni, so that was also good. Um, and yeah, I made really good friendships that I've maintained to this day, which really are my, the people I met in uni are my family here in mm. Australia. So it was good. Um, but yeah, it was a huge new chapter of my life 
And I didn't know that I would then spend the rest of my 20 plus years yeah. in Australia. <laughs> yeah. You, um, yeah. What were you studying? Biomedical science. How was that? Good. Good. Yeah. I, it's, I love science. Mm. I love science. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that was like what you, you, you were passionate about it. So you said, let yeah, me Yeah. I, I was always interested in science, but even the older I get, the more I get drawn back into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I work in a department where we do like diagnostics and stuff. So still in science. And you're still until today. Yep. Yep. Um, and yeah, I just love everything about how our body, uh, the body functions. Okay. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So how was that experience? University, you have other Kenyans there. Like, yeah, how was that? Um, Tell us a little bit about uni, that. Uni was amazing. Um, it was good to have like people that I connected with. So my Kenyans. Mm-hmm. So I didn't feel very lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, made great friendships. Had the best experiences. Like, oh my God, we partied at uni. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, yeah, really good friend, Pearl. We, oh my God, Pearl and I did a lot together. We lived together. We, oh my God, we just go way back. Um, and I'm glad she's still in my life even today. Um, but yeah, it was just really good experience learning, but creating awesome friendships, having the time of our life. I met lots of people from different parts of the world because I lived at uni accommodation mm-hmm. um, for the beginning of my time in Australia. Mm-hmm. So met lots of people from different places. Um, yeah, it was awesome. And also being in Wollongong, which wasn't that big yeah. uh, city, it was. It just felt like a little village. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, you'd see a face like if you saw a face that you didn't know in Wollongong, you'd be like, "Oh, I've never seen yeah. that person before." Yeah, it's like everyone was, was familiar in Wollongong. Yeah. yeah. What was there any like cultural differences when you came over that kind of like shocked you even with going out or because even when you said you were going out mm-hmm. oh, we'll talk about the cultural mm-hmm. differences but was that your first time even going out partying had you done that back home i had okay. i'd gone out in kenya mm-hmm. but not um with permission so we'd wait for my parents to go to bed mm-hmm. and then we'd sneak out what time would they go to bed oh uh, maybe 9 30 10 30 ish easy and then we'd sneak out mm-hmm. but if do you know how we sneaked out we'd uh-huh. jump off the balcony upstairs because they'd be like okay everyone has to go to bed now and then we'd go upstairs and in my house we have like upstairs and when you go upstairs you have to lock the upstairs gates uh-huh. like it's a big door and we lock it when everyone's upstairs so we didn't want to open it because obviously my parents would wonder who's opening why why are you going downstairs again so we just like wait give them time to fall asleep and then we'd open the door to the balcony upstairs mm-hmm. and we'd jump and then go out. Just to go out, huh? Just you, to you'd go, go out. with your brothers? With excuse me, yeah, with my brothers. Um, and then we had friends. Like, you know how I told you we lived in an estate where we knew people. So like we all knew what time we were all like escaping. Yeah. <laughs> running away from home uh-huh. to go out and we'd all like meet somewhere and then like of course we were like so broke. So we'd walk to like the main road or if someone had managed and it did happen mm. to steal their parents' car, car mm. <laughs> then we'd go out go <laughs> in that out car. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. That's crazy. So okay, and then the cultural differences like um, that what what shocked you or what was like, whoa, okay. So for me arriving in Australia, so I was picked up from the airport by uni mm-hmm. and I remember 
being like driving down to Wollongong. It was a night. I remember like looking outside and looking at other drivers and thinking, oh my God, everyone is white. Like it was so strange. Like, cause I'd never experienced that before. Mm. And then I realized that I was a different one. Like I'd mm. never been anywhere where I was different. Wow. Like it was a, just like, oh my God, like, oh my God, everyone, everyone is white. Like it was like a big shock. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So it was just like, yeah, like I'm the only, I'm the one who yeah. stands out. You're yeah. used to just seeing black people everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And it's crazy and when you're not even black. You're not used to seeing black people. You're used to just seeing people because you when you're in mm. Kenya, you don't even see color. You're just like people. But when I came here, it was so obvious they were white people. Wow. Like it was so crazy. Yeah. And it's crazy how you think about it now. When we're growing up, like our generation, we're used to just seeing, you know, white yeah. people. You know, yeah. it's crazy. It's, it's normal to see. For you, I think you see the differences. Mm-hmm. But for us, we didn't see differences and we didn't even know there were differences. Okay, you kind of do, like at the back subconsciously, but it's not really present in your life. So you don't even notice. So I didn't even, it never occurred to me about differences. Until I came to Australia. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. And did you did you miss your family back home? Yes, a lot. Um, I'd ring home like and cry over the phone, cry like every week. I'd just like ring and cry. And we had to use like calling cards. Mm, and they yeah, were really expensive. Mm. Um, and, you know, like I'd spend $30, like I'd buy a calling card, it was 30 bucks. And I'd speak for like seven minutes and then boom, it was over. And I'd cry for those seven minutes. And then one day my parents are like, okay, one boy enough is enough we're sending you a ticket you come back home wow. how old and are you there same here oh, the same <laughs> year oh. like i was i man i struggled Whoa. i struggled with australia and then when they said that to me i was like hey wait a minute i can't go back home um that means i came and like i'm a loser like do you know what i mean like how can you just go back home because you couldn't cope who do you know like yeah. just meant I was a loser. So the day they said that to me is the day I stopped calling home and crying. Wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so funny. You were mm. like, let me just suck it up. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Okay, so you go, after your first year living in uni, where did you go live after that? Um, and then I moved into into an apartment with Paul. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And were you paying also for your school fee? Did you have to manage... No, I didn't have to pay my school fees, luckily. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so my parents paid mm. that, but I ha- had to make money for my upkeep. Okay. Yep. And what were you, what were you doing? Ooh, if Hustling. Man, to uh-huh. Bali, <laughs> hey, worked in a nursing home. Wow. As an assistant, an AIN, assistant in nursing. Uh-huh. Do you know what that entails? Do you know what that is? No. That is... Personal hygiene, feeding, all of that stuff. You're doing it. What? So you just boom. And, it's, <laughs> and then you're studying at the same time. So you got to manage that with your studies. Wow. Yeah, that wasn't a hard part. It, it, was on, it was hard. The job itself was hard because I remember the first day I turned up at the nursing home for orientation. I was like, oh my God, what's up with the skin? Like, seriously, like, because... Um, elderly people like their skin is really really thin and sensitive like so you would grab them and it would just like tear and that was new to me because i think for us when our grand people like when they're old the skin doesn't become sensitive like 
to tear, mm. our skin becomes really hard. Mm, hard so yeah. like an old person, like my grandma, I, if I grab her, I won't tear her skin because her skin is so mm. like thick. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like it's, it becomes hard. Like it doesn't tear easily. Yeah. I had never seen like a situation where you can grab someone mm. and boom, the skin comes off. Like it used to come off like, you know how you, you put glue mm-hmm. on and then you let it dry? Yeah. And then you just like peel it off. It was like that. You used to peel off, really. It, oh, you're not peeling it off, but, but if you like grab them, mm. like you have to be so careful how you grab them because if you grab grab a certain way, like it just peels mm. off. Like it was so scary. I had never seen that. So I was like, oh my God, man. And then, but the worst bit, like the hardest part for me was when someone passed away in the nursing home and they were in my section. Mm. So you're meant to like, you know, prep, clean them, prep them, whatever, for the family to come and see. And I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. So you know what I did? I said, in my culture, at my age, I'm not allowed to see dead people. That's what you said, yeah. And then he gave me a bit of a leeway, bought me some time before I was told, hey, I'm sorry about your culture, but But, this job has to be done. But yeah, I think for like a year, I didn't have to do that. But yeah, man, it was... It was hard. How old were you at that point? 19. 19? Okay, 19. so that was used to mm-hmm. 19 then. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. We've hustled, Eve. You, yeah. like, yeah. you guys have it easy. Like, seriously, you guys have it easy. Um, yeah, and I think you have it easy. We did, we did not have it hard because of anything other than we were establishing the roots of people like us here in Australia. Um, and in saying that, I mean, we didn't have networks we didn't have connections so there was no one to call to call on and say hey i need a job um can you hook me up do you know anyone there's none of that whereas you guys have that now you know like i'm like oh you need a job wait i think i know someone who can oh you need a place to live oh someone has a spare room somewhere do you know what i mean you guys we've established those networks for you now you have networks ask us didn't have that yeah yeah and, and you came at a time where there was not even many black people as well. That's another thing, is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So you guys were just... Did you experience any encounters with racism or anything like that? I don't not think really. so. No. I can't think of any direct um, mm. racism incidences. Yeah. Um, maybe subtle ones that, again, being from Kenya yeah. and never realizing that I was different. Maybe yeah. someone would have said, oh, look at you, black, whatever. And to me, I'd be like, yeah. I'm black, yeah. You know, like I wouldn't yeah, see, yeah. I wouldn't see it as like as, offense yeah, or, yeah. oh my god, they're being racist or whatever. Mm. Like it was like, mm, yeah, I am. You know, so what? Yeah, yeah. So maybe someone did try to be racist to me, but I didn't. Mm, you could, yeah, didn't even I didn't get register it. in your yeah, mind. Exactly. It yeah. didn't even register. Mm. Okay. So now let's talk about relationships. Did mm. you have like when was when was your first boyfriend? First boyfriend was was it twenty or twenty one? Okay. Or 21 even it, it was when olympics was on when mm-hmm. was that 2000 yeah 2000 i think olympics. so i was 21 21 how was that experience yeah i was 21 um yeah um paris's dad paris's dad oh wow mm. okay mm. so how old were you when you had paris 24 okay 24 so you'll be old so you guys yeah. were dated for three we met at 21 so mm. what three years yeah, yeah. That was your first love. Mm-hmm. What, what was that? First love or first ever experience. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know whether it was love or what would, what what was it. Like yeah. it just happened. Yeah. Yeah. But of course, I was totally in love. But for me, when I define love now, I'm like, 
I don't think it's fair to say I was in love because I just had never experienced anything else. So I didn't even know how to like gauge what I'm feeling or say um, this is what I want or this is what I don't want. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just something, and I really think young people should experience and get to know themselves what they want and what they do not want. Yeah. Okay. So So when you were in it, Mm -hmm. was it just like, well, okay, well, you think you're in love, mm-hmm. but like when you look back on it, what what were feels like? What what can you look back on? And like you said, you you maybe you didn't know what you wanted, or you what can you look back on and say like, ah, oh, maybe I was a bit naive in this, or. Um, I think I just went with the flow. Um, I did not, you know, I, I would not stand up for myself. Like if something was bothering me, I'd just like go with it mm. to keep the peace, or. Um, yeah, like I, I didn't, I didn't know who I was, so I just and he was a lot older than me. He was ten years older oh, than me, wow. so like he basically just ruled, yeah. and it took me like a few years of like self growth to one day say, hey, no, it's not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen or whatever. But it took a lot of oomph and everything in me mm. to like stand up to him for the very first time. So, yeah. So that, looking back, I, I didn't have the courage to stand up for myself. But because I didn't think, I didn't know my self-worth. I thought, this relationship is everything. Who am I? Like, this is everything. If I leave this, where am I going to go? Like, you know? Like, so it was my everything and I just thought, I'm just going to stay here because I didn't know how much I was worthy and now i'm just like man i'm not just gonna be in a space i don't want to be you know like if you don't do it for me i feel like relationships are two-way roads you know i have to work for you and you have to work for me there's no you're getting more and you know like not delivering Uh uh-uh it's not gonna work like one day someone's just gonna wake up and go oh hey wait a minute it's not working for me like it has to be it has it's a give and take yeah. Okay. So it's interesting because you, when you were younger, you used to challenge your dad. So when you got into the relationship, did you feel, well, if I question it or if I say I'm not cool with this, mm. like you said, you felt maybe you wouldn't find someone else? Because mm. you had that when you were mm. younger, even though maybe you were scared mm. to speak up mm-hmm. against your dad, mm-hmm. you would do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But it, that, it never came out when you were in the relationship? Um, I think being in Australia, it makes it a bit different. So being able to challenge my dad is a very safe space. If I challenge him, I know he's still my dad. Yeah. He's not going to go anywhere. Like, he still loves me, all of that stuff. In Australia, you now have a, I now have a boyfriend. Um, I've kind of pulled away from the Kenyan community, which oh. is another big mistake. And this is something that happened because I think he was older. He owned the space. He, he knew everyone in world. You know, like, he was just so connected. So I automatically ended up hanging out with his people and not hanging out with my people as much and stuff. And then you just slowly, slowly get disconnected without noticing. And then suddenly you're not happy. So you're isolated. Like, where am I going to go? You know, like, it really puts you in a difficult space. So, yeah. So I think that played a lot in me not realizing my value because I was like, oh my God, I don't have anyone. I'm in Australia. Like, I'm alone. Like, do you know what I mean? Because I had 
removed myself from the Kenyan community. So you, you never, sorry to cut you off, but you, you never felt like, hey, babe, or you know, your boyfriend, I, I'm going to go hang out with the girls today, or... No. Nope. It wasn't like that. He was so dominant. We always did his things. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, n- hardly ever. Okay, maybe, maybe one time out of ten, we'd go and do Kenyan things. But then it was always his things. But when I started getting to know myself, I remember sometimes just going, hey, whether you're coming or not, I'm going to this Kenyan thing. You know, and I started to slowly pull away and become my own person. But I remember that happening when I was about 25. I think that's when I really started to like know myself and be comfortable in my own skin. When you said you started to know yourself, what was like how? What were you doing to, to start to be like, you know what? No. Um, I don't know whether it's about doing. It's just a realization. Okay. It's just something that happens inwardly. Like, I almost feel like you become mature at age 25. Like, something else happens, clicks. So, for me, at age 25, something clicks. Clicked. And again, at age 30, something clicked. And again, like, slowly as I get older, I'm just like, man, I know myself. There's stuff I want to... I'm willing to put up with and this stuff I'm just like you know what don't need you yeah. don't need you whatever like do you know what I mean yeah. like I think it takes a lot of knowing yourself and understanding your worth and being very clear about your values and what you want to stand for and not for to be able to do that um, yeah some things for me um, I just can't, cannot compromise on yeah okay and yeah and it's 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 become like that the older I get. Yeah. 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 So it's just something that... Because yeah. I think it's, it's very important, like, you know, even just the space of relationships, of, like, self-love. Like like you said, you know, how, how much do I know myself? I mean, some people just... Nowadays, you, they just get into relationships without even spending time with themselves. Mm-hmm. You, can you be alone with yourself? And like you said, certain things that, you know, now you, I'm not willing to accept mm-hmm. that. No. Yeah. Hey, listen, I'm going to go do this or yeah. do this. So let's talk about that experience of being a mother. So you're 24 years of age. Mm-hmm. You know, now you're pregnant. What was that like? And you're obviously, again, in Australia. Mm. That experience. What? Um, scared. Um, so I had... Paris's dad, and that was good that he was there and supportive. Mm-hmm. But I was always scared about what my family will think. Wow. So I did not talk about it until Paris was born. Oh, wait. My dad did not know about Paris until after she was born. Really? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was so scared. Like every time I wanted to say anything, I was just super, super scared. So I didn't. My brothers did. And you know how I told you my dad was like really like, almost fierce like we were all scared of him um and i wouldn't be the person who would my brothers would send and go oh yeah you talk to dad whatever um (laughs) i was like hey can you guys tell dad that i'm pregnant they're like hey Hey, we're going no me i can't me i can't everyone was like i can't do it so yeah so he didn't know about paris until she was born wow that's crazy. So, so like, did you have a support system a little bit? Like, you know, you're you're about to conceive birth. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, you you have your your Paris's dad, but was there anyone else, or yes. was it just him? Yes. Okay. Luckily, at that point, I had drawn back my friends, so I had really close friends like Wanyika, you know, Auntie Nix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nix, Rehema, Yolande. Mm-hmm. They were all like really in my life, and they were great support systems. Um. 
but yeah so other than them and they were all hustling like trying to you know like just get things done mm-hmm. wanting to like you know party and stuff mm-hmm. like that and i'm busy like being pregnant like they kind of had time for me but not that much time yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we're gonna go out yeah wow okay and then so did having paris then how did that play now into the relationship um so i had paris and then three months later i went to kenya okay um and then i went to kenya so i went to kenya and i was in kenya for over a year oh wow and it's during that period that i found myself like holy and i was like you know what i don't think i want to go back and be in this relationship, in this relationship. yeah did so, you go to with paris Yes, yeah, of, course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Of course yeah. Um, yeah, so then when I came back, mm-hmm. I already knew in my head that I wanted to like break away. Yeah. But I didn't know how to do it. So I was like, okay, I'll go back. I'll be I'll stay with him while I make my plan. And that's what I kind of did until, you know, we had a fight one night and I couldn't like stay, you know, like just be quiet or whatever. I was at this point I was like no, you're not going to talk to me like that or whatever. And then he kicked, like, I can't tell what happened. I went outside and I left Paris in the house. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so upset, whatever. I'm going to go outside for a bit of, you know, some fresh mm-hmm. air. Mm-hmm. And then he locked me out. I didn't take my keys. He did not let me back in. So I'm like, okay, shikies. I guess my plan's just, like, fallen through. Because I was, at that point, I'd already gotten a place. I'd kind of bought some furniture, but I wasn't fully ready to like move out. So like my thing fell through before I could get out. Yeah. So he locked me out and I was like, oh my God, knock, knock, knock. He wouldn't open, wouldn't open. I had to call the cops on him. Yeah. So I called the cops. I'm like, he's locked me out and he has my baby. He has my baby and he's locked me out. And you're a girl, a woman, though, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so um, the cops came and he was like, no, she's not coming back in. Here's the baby. So that's how we went our separate ways. So he, oh my God, it was so hard. God, it was so hard. Wow. Gosh, it was hard. I remember, um, so we're outside. He basically just like packed some things that he could pick, like some of my clothes, put them in like black garbage bags and chuck them out to the cops. And that was me. That was our beginning. Me and Paris. How old was Paris? She was months old. She was... No, we'd come back from Kenya. She was maybe a year, six months around there. So I was like, oh my God, what do I do? Um, My friends always come through. So yeah. Um, So I called Gloria and Della and they came over. Like it was at night. They came and picked us up. Mm And we went and spent the night at Gloria's house. I think I stayed with Gloria for about two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, because I had only rec- like I had just come back from Kenya. I don't even think I'd been back in Australia for a month. It was very, I hadn't set route or done anything. I didn't have a job. I didn't. Paris wasn't going to daycare. Nothing. So I stayed with Gloria for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And in, in those two weeks, I found a job. I got Paris into daycare, and yeah, and then finished off my place, and then we moved into it. So that night, you went straight to Gloria's? Yeah. So you, he, he's put the stuff in a garbage bag. Mm-hmm. The police obviously said, okay, because it's his place. Yeah, it's, you, he owns his place, so yeah. You know, and you got a child, so you just what, called... 
Yeah, I'm wow. like, I don't have family, but I have Gloria. You know, wow. like that, like the Kenyan community really was like family. They really still are basically a family here. Yeah. So I went to Gloria's house. I stayed there for two weeks. You know, established myself, got a job, um, got Paris into daycare, moved into a new place because I told you I was organizing mm-hmm. that. Um, so we moved into a place and it was good. And then I got uh, like, because uh, then Paris's dad started bothering us. I think he was like, oh, who do you think you are? Have that. And then he was probably expecting this poor little African girl to come crying back to him. Uh-huh. And I went, I moved on. Mm. So he's like trying to call me all the time. Oh, please, you guys come back home or whatever, mm. whatever. I'm like, eh, eh, not having it. So I actually got a restraining order against him. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't allowed to call or have any contact with us. So we moved on. Um, we were living at our place, just a place down the road in Wollongong. And then my friend Rehema, she came to visit us in Wollongong. And she's like, gosh, Lonya, what are you doing here? Like, seriously, why don't you move to Sydney? Sydney. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't move to Sydney. I've just got in this place. Like, how am I going to move to Sydney? We've just, we hadn't actually signed a lease. It was like a privately rented place. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's like, look, you haven't signed a lease. Like, just put your st- stuff in, into storage. Come to Sydney. Stay with me. Find a job. Put Paris into daycare in Sydney. There's more opportunities there. Like, seriously, don't waste your life in Wollongong. So I'm like, oh my God, okay. Like, Mind you, I, I take on ideas like this. Like, mm. you tell me to do something, I'll think about it. If it seems mm. like a good idea, yeah. man, I'm doing it. Yeah. Like, I don't waste time. I just go. I just do it. Yeah. So it's like, okay, cool. In a week, <laughs> packed everything up into storage, talked to the landlord, said, I'm really sorry. This has happened. Da, 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 da. We're moving to Sydney. Mm. So we went to Sydney. We stayed with Rehema. Mm-hmm. I think I stayed with Rehema for about two months. Um, you know, found a job. God, it was hard to find a job that worked with daycare. I found Paris a daycare that was close to where we were living. And then we found a place. And that was our place that used to come to on Botany Road when you were a little boy. Yeah. Remember? That's where we moved to. Well, I remember I remember I used to babysit for you. Remember? Yes. How old was that? Was, you used, that you was used, a bit later. That was later. I used to babysit Paris when she was in Rose when we lived in Rose Bay. Crazy. Yes, in Rose Bay. In Rose Bay. Wait, in Rose Bay, where you where did you guys move to? So when we moved from Wollongong, uh-huh. it was on Botany Road Botany in Road. in Mascot. Okay. Yeah. I think vaguely. How old was you? Oh my God, Eve. I re- I think you. How many years older than Paris are you? Yeah. Paris is how old? How now? old are you? Twenty. Paris is six. Nineteen. 25. Five. Seven. Yeah. Seven. Okay. So you must have been around. Because we moved there when Paris was about two and a half. And I'm seven. Actually, years two. Two. Okay. So plus seven. So you were about, you were under 10. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you were under 10. Uh, when did you meet my mom at that? So you move over to now, you moved to Botany, um, you know, got your own apartment mm-hmm. with Paris. You got mm-hmm. a job at that point? Yep. Yeah. Where were yep. you working? We're nice and stable now. We're cruising. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Yeah, it was good. Okay. When did I meet your mom? Yeah. When oh my God. When, about around that time. Around that time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I can't remember exactly when, but I remember where I met her. It was at an event, Lily's event role. Mm-hmm. Um, it was at establishment upstairs somewhere, but that's where I first met your mom. You mean my mom? Yeah. Now you hey, get along. Ma, your mother. Mm-hmm. Hey, she like, you know, you know, we met her. And then 
obviously were like, hey, you look nice. Like, hey, do you know how old I am? Hey, Sijuni Nini Nini. Hey, your mother. You know, the way she looks good, always, always looks good in every space, better than everyone else. And so we're like, hey, you look good. And then she's like, and do you know how old I am? Like, and please... You gotta mm, recognize. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Nobody yeah, looking good. Bit. Yeah, for mm. sure. And you guys yeah. hit it off. So yeah. So now, did you feel like? Did you feel content? Like, wow, like I'm. Um, you're a bit more mature. You have your own place. Um, by the way, when did now? Like, did you guys think about co-parenting with Paris's dad? Oh, whew. at this point, mm-hmm. we've already been to court. So he, um, he tried to like get us back. And I was kind of weak, weak enough anyway, to almost agree to go back. And he came to Sydney. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. Can't even make that mistake. Anyway, so he came to Sydney. Like, he'd be coming. He he was coming to Sydney, like, every weekend, taking us out, trying to, like, you know, reel reel us back in, whatever. And it was working. But in the meantime, you know, Kenyans, do hustlers, whatever, whatever. People, Kenyans had already told me, some really good Kenyan friends had already told me, hey, Ati, he's not paying child support. He better pay child support. So I'd spoken to a lawyer about child support. And then in the meantime, he's like reeling us back in, reeling us back in. And then he received a letter from the lawyer. <laughs> that was a deal breaker. That was, yeah, that was it. He yeah. was like, he was so upset. How dare you, you, you know, go to lawyers and like, you know, ask for child support, da, 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 da. And then it was all like, hit the roof mm. and we're back to, the place that I think was best for me because mm. if I had gone back, men, it would have been a huge mistake. So back to not being friends and then we ended up going to court and family court and like, but we ended up with um, parenting orders. Parenting orders. Yeah. So yeah. so before that, like, you know, that space where you go and you're living by yourself, did you, did you want to like, okay, he can come like, was there a point where you didn't want him to see Paris at all? Oh, no, never. Like, I never said you can't see Paris. Um, however, it wasn't um, convenient for him to come to Sydney to see Paris. So mm-hmm. I guess he wanted, like, arrangements that worked for him. Yeah. So, which is what he got. Um, he got, you know, you can take Paris three days of the week and take her to Wollongong with you. Okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah and I, I don't think I was ready as a parent like to like let Paris go out of my, you know, like care, like for three days. Like I don't think I would have just gone, okay, take Paris for three days if we hadn't been given those orders. Mm. I would have let him see her, but I don't think I would have been comfortable. She was too, like, you know. Mm, to go yeah. and, you, and you're the yeah, mother, to go, you have that yeah. maternal yeah. But, but you know what though? You know what I love about that? Mm we see a lot today even though you had that traumatic experience you know it's still like you're traumatic about it it's an emotional thing but you never you never stop that from letting the father see no 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 no. so like throughout paris's life she's gone to wollongong you know like everyone knows paris goes to wollongong all the time like she always goes to wollongong sees her family there she has a family the dad is remarried with more children and that's a part of paris i think it's an amazing thing that she has that and it's it's valuable like it's a thing that she should value and get to know them you know they're still her family they're yeah. not a part of me happily but they're yeah. par- paris's family and i support that yeah. like i think she should really know them especially her siblings mm. because you know siblings are so good to have yeah and yeah. and and that still at the end of the day 
that's still your father and that relationship especially your daughter and the father mm-hmm. even if we can't mm-hmm. be together yeah. you know your dad you you know yeah. it's because yeah. we see a lot of girls don't have yeah. but like that's I think that's the issue we have in today's society where a lot of women maybe the yeah. me, the men hurt them whatever the yeah. case may be emotionally and they because, take the kids away and they take the kids and they yeah. use it to get back to and you could have easily yeah, done that you no. could have even even justified that and said you know what he did this to me and maybe but you still at the end of the day look I'm I'm not with him he may have hurt me but go and see that. your dad you, you know? know what I think people who do that you're hurting your child. Imagine, imagine if someone took your father away from you or your mother from you. Can you imagine? Your mother has taken your dad away from you or vice versa. Like your dad has ensured that you don't get to have a relationship with your mother. Imagine how upset you would be like when you grow up and realize, you know, like when you're a kid, you're a kid. You don't have it, you don't have it. But later on, you'll be like, oh my God, how selfish. I can't believe he did that to me. Mm. Do you know what I, I mean? I didn't have that relationship. Yeah, yeah. No. Because of your bitterness, because of your issues, because nah, I don't think I, I don't think anyone should do that unless there's a safety issue. That's a different thing. And that's what I wanted to ask you. When do you think there's a point where a mother should say, "You like you can't see your child unless until maybe you do this." Like, is there a point? Like, if yeah, is there a certain point? You think? I think for me, it's if you don't if you feel your child is not safe there, you should do everything possible to protect your child what about the mothers who say i don't have financial support i don't maybe the uh, no. kids school fees no. stuff like that no. no let them see their child let the child see their father or their mother whatever money is go out and hustle man make the money take your child to school you have hands you've got a brain those people who are who own big mansions in like vaucluse or mossman or whatever do you think they have two brains they have two brains yeah, they do. uh-uh, they don't mm. they have one brain oh, yeah, just yeah. like you mm-hmm. and two hands and they hustle and they make it work you can make it work too mm. don't put any blocks in your brain like in your life like just go and hustle you'll make it mm. like it's your mindset mindset do it mm. you wow. can do it me i think you can do it anyway no it's i think that's I, that's a very important message because i see that so i've seen it happen to friends this and this that happens. Um, so then, how did, did you? How did you find? Did you start dating now? After obviously you've moved on. Like how was that? Yeah, how was that whole experience? So moved to Sydney, yeah. and then Paris started going to Wollongong three days a week, mm-hmm. and we made sure that one of the days was a weekend day, mm-hmm. so that Perry would get a Saturday weekend day to like go out if he needed mm-hmm. whatever. And I got the Fridays. Mm-hmm. So I would go out on Fridays mm-hmm. and Thursdays yeah. when Paris was in Wollongong. Yeah. And it was yeah. nice. Yeah. And, you know, getting back into the the partying mm. life mm-hmm. in Sydney was amazing. Well, not getting back, beginning, getting mm. to know it. Oh, my God, it was so much fun. Mm. And, yeah, so, like, met a few cute boys mm. and, yeah, got back into the dating What was your type? Life. What was my type? Oh. I would say when I was in uni, my type was must be Kenyan. I know. Okay. And then like you go through a long period of not meeting anyone Kenyan that meets your criteria. And then you're like, hey, I better expand than you need, though, whatever criteria. Yeah. So by the time I was in Sydney, there was no criteria for like type. It was more, do I find you attractive? Are we getting along? Yeah. 
that was it of course i didn't want losers and stuff like you know i i've always been attracted people to people who um have ambition um or are doing something with their life like i just find that really attractive mm, yeah. Mm, yeah someone who's and and that at that time also you have a daughter so you can't just have a nobody you know what i mean like you're focused because it's like i got work and i got to take i'm a single mother mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's like you didn't really have time how was yeah. it being a single mother and then like dating because you 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 kind of got to be careful in terms of you don't want people coming around maybe your mm-hmm. child or how was that little mm-hmm. phase or area in your I life? think I think being a single mom is the best thing um that puts your thoughts a little bit ahead of others. You know why? Why? Because you don't just have free time. And when you're always available, guys don't re- don't respect you. They're yeah. like, "Ai, Connie this chick, she doesn't have a life. She's That's always available." Ai, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Me, I was not always available. And when I was, if someone asked me for like to go out on a date, I'd be like, okay, I can only go on Thursday lunchtime or Friday at seven until 10. You know, like I was like, and then I guess most guys would think, geez, this chick, man, she's so like disciplined mm. and, you know, I can't just like have to respect her time. So like if someone asked me on a, on a date, they would respect that because they knew like if you don't turn up on Thursday lunchtime, you're out mm. like so, so it really yeah. helps me i think yeah i yeah. think it put you like you said when you're texting back or you're mm. available all the mm. time this and this but it actually put you at a advantage mm. so single mm. mothers do have that because mm. yeah to, to date a woman who has a mother it's not like you can just go and see her whenever you mm-hmm. want or you mm-hmm. can pull up whenever mm-hmm. you want mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. wow mm. okay and so and and so when was your like did you find your next kind of serious relationship um so the f- oh man so i dated a f- serious relationship i'd mm. say what serious like a year plus yeah or yeah you're just like look i i want to take this person serious even okay. while being a mother okay and, and okay um so then i'd say two guys mm-hmm. before my husband husband yeah. now yeah. okay okay yeah. So you yeah. go through two guys. Yeah. What what are things some stuff that you've learned from just being in in a relationship or being in relationships? Um I think you have to retain yourself like rem- know you mm. and keep that like you know like don't lose self. Um and you need to also be very clear about your non-negotiables um and then beyond that is you have to be ready to just forgive and compromise and you know just i mean need to like make it work like it's it's never perfect basically you're always fixing you're always fixing um and it's not to say that it's not great it is but you think about your brothers Do you have falling out with your brothers? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. that's what marriage is. Mm. Yeah. So it's just marriage yeah. or relationships, serious relationships. Yeah. Like it's never perfect. It's never perfect. Mm. Yeah. And it's it's just like when I think about it like when I have my best friend, mm-hmm. me and my homies, mm-hmm. we fight, we you know, we'll have like you said a fallout, but it's like you know, because I love you so much, mm-hmm. you want my my homie then uh, you make up. Let's let's move on. Yeah, it, then you, know you make I mean? up. Mm. But then there'll be those things that happened and you're like you know what seriously 
this one if this is your this is where you stand with this particular thing i don't think we can see eye to eye you know there'll be moments where yeah. you're like you know what i don't think we can align and it's okay yeah. if you can if you can't align with everyone you know um and i think when you let go of things that are so strongly rooted in your value system i think that's when you start to lose yourself you start to be wishy-washy like you should be someone who when people say oh eve a i know eve me like if i tell eve to um to deliver this mm. i know he will deliver do you know what i mean you mm. should be known for your certain values and if you're that person who you're like oh but me me if you ask me to do this i'll do it i'll do it i'll do it and then you don't like do you know what i mean mm-hmm. like who are you like yeah stick to your to what you say you'll do what are some of your non-negotiables until like um um non-negotiables in a relationship or in friendship in a relationship in a relationship i think for me both actually <laughs> both yeah. um so relationship was when i got married for me non-negotiable or before we got married non-negotiable was kids i definitely wanted another kid so if we're not going to align on that one there's no point yeah. um non-negotiable i think healthy lifestyle i don't think i can be with someone who's unhealthy and like mm-hmm. does all sorts of things that i don't align with because for me i want to be as healthy as possible and i want to um influence my family to be the same so if i'm with you and you're pitering every day and drinking like crazy and smoking like i don't know what like a chimney and you know like just unhealthy lifestyle i don't think we can align um in friendship um i think for me in friendship i want someone who gives and not just takes you know like for me if you ask my friends what one boy is they will tell you that i deliver like mm-hmm. in a friendship i give i'll be there i'll do all of that stuff and if you're that person who is always taking and doesn't i can't i can't i can't be in there like mm-hmm. mind you i won't just like pull out we'll have a discussion but if you just want to act like me I'm your mother I already have two kids yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have I two kids man <laughs> hey we go places I'm the one paying yes. I'm the one coming up with plans mm. I'm the one coming to your house always I'm the one age mm. until when when are you going to give me something do you know what I mean I think relationship healthy relationships friendships are give and take. take yeah so when did you meet now how did you meet your husband now eh hey really you want to know yeah. imagine we met on tinder really yes so i used to yeah, I, used, I, i used to use tinder when i was in mm-hmm. in europe mm-hmm. but like I don't know how the society here because when I I remember when I came to Australia mm-hmm. like I I had when I was young I had Tinder mm-hmm. and then my friends were like why do you use that so mm-hmm. I was like do they not use this in Australia mm-hmm. but I don't know also oh, you guys met on Tinder mm-hmm. wow okay mm-hmm. and 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 that's amazing cuz now that's your husband mm-hmm. you know what I mean cuz mm-hmm. usually sometimes when people think of Tinder you think you hookups know, yeah, yeah hookups and which mm-hmm. when I was in Sweden that's what I used to do for yeah. like I never really yeah. Yeah. so yeah okay so you guys yeah. matched Tinder. on Tinder yeah. and then Tinder and he lived not even two kilometers from me but we never would have crossed 
crossed paths. Wow. Never. Wow. We, we lived about two k's from each other. Mm. We worked about on the same street, actually. We worked on the same street, but we never would have ever met. Wow. Yeah, crazy hey. Hey, Tinder, you guys should sponsor this episode, by the way. I know. Any, any offers, you, you know, know? we'll accept them. <laughs> so, so you, okay, wow. So he lives so close to you. What, what, what even about his Tinder profile that, like, stood out to you? Mm. Um, what did? I'll say what I never used to go for. So I'd swipe 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 and i always swipe i can't remember what is left or right they did not want mm. the side i did not want was like you know shirtless guys or mm. you know things mm. that seemed like they were so <laughs> sexual and like almost like you can tell what message they're trying to yeah, like send yeah. i would always swipe those ones i don't want you um and his profile was um it was i think somewhere in a beautiful like I can't remember what it was, but it was beautiful and green and lots of vegetation. Mm. And it just seemed like he was just do, just being him. Mm. And like there was different. no agendas. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So I swapped, yes, let's connect on him. Mm. And we connected and then, yeah. Well, you know what's interesting? It's so true, though. You could tell by someone's profile their agenda. Mm-hmm. Like, like when, when, mm-hmm. and the reason I laugh because my photos, okay, I'm not saying like I was a <laughs> fuck or anything, but you could kind of see like this thing ain't serious. Like, you know, that's how my photos, yeah. I, that's when, if yeah. I think about it, mm-hmm. like, you could see through my agenda yeah. on there, yep. like what I want. Yep, yep, it's so yep, true. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's interesting. So you can, you can read through these things. Mm. Um, and I mean, there's people who are going for, you know, you have to align with what you're looking for. Mm. And yeah. Hmm. And I think that's, you know what, that's, okay, I, I was going to say like, that's also a lesson in life too. But then sometimes you might, like a, a guy like me, I might look like a player, but then maybe when you speak to me, then you'd be like, oh, he's actually he's a nice so guy. Mm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to say it's like, when you like, think you look like a player? <laughs> a, a little bit. Well, that's what I've been told. But no, when I actually look at my tent, if I was to look back, yeah, I definitely think mm. like, you mm. know I'm saying? Good looking kid. You know, mm. you know I, I think hey. I was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some of them no um okay so then okay so you now you meet your husband i mean well well you, you don't know it at the time so mm. how was now the like you, you like that experience the first day what did you see that was like you know what like um you know he was i liked his demeanor mm-hmm. and we could have a conversation mm-hmm. and we liked similar things outdoorsy mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. like just yeah having fun outside um yeah, so we just really just got talking and mm. connected more and more as we mm. went. Um, yeah, and then we broke up. <laughs> wow, why? <laughs> um, we broke up because mm. mm-hmm. he he had a property in Tasmania. Mm-hmm. He still does, mm. and his plan was always to go back to Tasmania and live there. And for me, I felt like it was impossible to uproot myself from this community that I'm in and move to Tasmania and that was like a perpetual issue we just could not resolve it like so you don't want to be in Sydney and I don't want to be in Tasmania what are we going to do and that's, it's a big so we thing. couldn't solve it wow and yeah. I can imagine for you like Tasmania, like yeah you have your whole community here you've been here for so long Paris even you know obviously you have Paris and everything but obviously she's getting older and so she can kind of live her life but still like everything here is in Sydney so okay so wow that like you guys couldn't resolve that yeah how did it feel like for you let me reverse chairs mm-hmm. how did it feel for you to be in Sweden 
in America. Did you create a community that you have here in Australia? The thing is, because when I was in those environments, I met people who were like brothers, family. So mm-hmm. we, I was in my, we were in our own world. Mm-hmm. So I loved it. I yeah. thrived because the people I was with, they were in chasing the football dream. Mm-hmm. So we just had so it was our, a community of was, your own. You know, yeah, you one or two community. brothers, three brothers. Like mm-hmm. it was our own world. Yeah. So like I, I felt like, and obviously I'm talking to mom and dad. So for me, it was cool. I mm-hmm. actually enjoyed it. I loved yeah. it because mm-hmm. not only am I chasing my dream, I'm living my dream, mm-hmm. but I'm now with two or three people, community, mm-hmm. you know, black brothers that who want the same thing. Want the yeah. same thing. Yeah. So we, when we would go through culture shocks and tough moments, mm-hmm. setbacks, at least we had each other to yeah. motivate each other. Yeah. And we just created our own environment. Mm. So, nice. yes, yeah. mm. cool. Um, yeah, but like obviously, if it's a bit different where you know mm. you have your family, you have mm. a home. You know, yeah. me, I could yeah. just yeah. I could went from Sweden to Germany yeah. the next I know. day. And, I could have picked and up met people who are doing similar things similar and connected things. with you know, them. I'm yeah. living in a suitcase, yeah. so it's a yeah, it's a bit it's different. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and so yeah, I was like, so okay, so you guys break up. And then yeah. what happened? So we broke up and then we spent a few months apart and then we realized that we actually really wanted to be with one another. So we got back together and we made it work. And we're in Sydney now and mm. we have a little boy that mm. is just so cute. our everything. Mm. Um, yeah, so the yeah. rest is history. <laughs> do, you, do you feel you guys are like best friends? Um, yes. Yes. Mm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah like I... I think we talk about things that I probably wouldn't talk to anyone about, like mm-hmm. in that kind of way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Confident. Okay. Yeah. So you have your what's what's your son's name again? Orlando. Orlando. Ola. That's right. Yeah. He's so Orlando. <laughs> when we uh, what was that? Auntie Auntie Esther's birthday. Auntie Esther's birthday. Yeah. No, I wasn't there. No, I was in no, Kenya. No, 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 Auntie Esther's birthday. Sorry. When, when, remember when we had the sleepover? Sleepover. No. Oh, the door, the, the, it was uh, Wanja's yeah, birthday. birthday. Yeah, yes. yeah. That's when following I, you everywhere. Yeah, that's when I really <laughs> spent time with Orlando, guys. Oh my days. So cute. Hey, <laughs> yeah. that's because I never really, because I had just come from overseas. Yeah, you I hadn't never really, really you know, met him properly. Met, yeah, even, yeah. even your husband, your mm. uncle, what's his name again? Jody. Uncle Jody. Yeah. You know, and so that was my, oh, he's so such. I could see, <laughs> and I, even just seeing you hold him, I could just see the, you know, you mm-hmm. would just. The love, you know, when yeah. I see that, it's so cute. It's but, yeah. okay, do you, how do you feel like a baby, like, affects a relationship? Like, um, a baby. Mm-hmm. The, can it bring I, you closer? I think, or I can it? Both. Okay. I'll explain. Bring it closer because you have something in common that you both value so much. Mm-hmm. So, you have that shared interest and so you're both invested in that like it's really good to have that Mm -hmm. um not so great it takes time away from you too so it's no longer just about Mm -hmm. us there's someone else in the Mm -hmm. picture who almost takes like Mm -hmm. you know everything exactly Mm -hmm. exactly but yeah it's i think it's a good thing Mm -hmm. yeah it's a good thing it's just about managing your time and actually um allocating time for you two mm-hmm. and yeah and not just like oh we're just gonna hang out which yeah. no you're not just gonna hang out you actually have to make time for that time. we're gonna hang out yeah okay cool auntie i think yeah. this has been an amazing episode do you want to tell them a little bit about what you're doing now obviously you're also your product as well um, yeah, mm. yeah 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 i've uh. got um 
this really interesting yeah. product. Um, it's a kitchen, a kitchen organizer, um, and it's made from bamboo, so very environmentally friendly. But the great thing about it is that it organizes your cling wrap, your foil, and your baking paper. I don't know whether you, if you're like me, like some, you go open your drawer and you've got like boxes of like cling wrap, different sizes, whatever, they're all over the drawer, like they're so disorganized and, and then you grab it out and you're trying to like cut it and it's just so messy. Well, this product will organize that for you. So you just slide your cling wrap in, your foil, your baking paper, and you pull it out and, and it looks amazing. It's super cool. Wow. Yeah, I reckon everyone should get it. Yes, guys, the link in the bio for that is under, so make sure you go and cop that. I, I obviously seen the product and I think it's amazing because like you said, it's just that it's everything in one because even mm. me, I do that. I'm looking, oh man, and then, you know, I'm going through, I'm looking for, mom, where's the, you know, I'm getting mad. <laughs> but if we have that in the house, it's just easy. It's just there. Yeah, and yeah. And you can like hang it on the, on the wall, mm. open the drawer, mm. or even just leave it on the bench top because it's so cute looking, man. But yeah, yeah it's really good. Yeah. And one thing, just even seeing you do that, I I also want to say you, you like you told me earlier you're proud of me i want to say i'm proud of you because even just hearing now when you told me about your parents entrepreneurial spirit so then when you were telling me that i'm like okay now <laughs> you see how the dots are now coming connected so that's why yep. you see how she's yep. she's going and she wants to you know of course you have a job or whatever the case is but you're saying look how can i you know live life on my terms like that's amazing i think what you're doing and the more you keep hustle, you know hustle, putting it out hustle. there like yeah. I, so when you it's crazy you're talking about your parents and even also your brothers mm -hmm. they're also hustlers, doing that thing man. Too. Yeah. hustlers huh? yeah you see yeah. so like that example I love it. yeah example from so much parents. fun too like yeah. i love seeing how much you can achieve mm. pushing yourself and see how much you get like it's just so exciting i feel like the most exciting period is actually when you're grinding, mm -hmm. when you're pushing, and you don't know what is going to give back. Like that, you know, like, oh, I'm so excited to see what happens is almost, for me, more exciting than, oh, the money's coming in, we're there. You know, it's like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just that journey is so, I love it. Yeah. yeah, that adrenaline, yeah, I love it. What I love about that, what you just said is, and that's why they always say the journey is the destination that that in between like mm -hmm. and i feel like mm -hmm. i'm in that process now yeah. with football with yeah. what i'm doing like you said that you and you're in the unknown because I know. You're, you don't know when it's gonna happen or you, but you're like you know what what i'm doing every single day i'm so excited because of the potential yes and and, and you see the work that you're putting mm -hmm. in every day mm -hmm. and that drive like you just want to wake up and put some more in yeah. just pump in some more so that you know when is it gonna pay you know yeah, like you yeah, don't know it's yeah. so exciting mm, i love but it but you're enjoying yeah. it yes you're doing what yes, you love exactly yeah. Yeah, okay good. one thing i always ask women on this show is what is a divine woman to you a divine woman is i think is a woman that knows who she is um is working to achieve what she wants um, is giving and nurturing in her environment and respects herself, um, takes care of herself, values herself. I don't know how to put it in one, but all of those things for me make a divine woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for watching this lovely episode. 